Hello, hello, fierce friends. Welcome to The Fierce Life with me, your host, Conceita Thomas. Today, we're getting into the nitty gritty all about how to lose weight, exactly how to do it without giving up good food. Can we just be real for a minute? Most of us appreciate food. We like good food. We want to keep eating it. And most of the ways that we've been taught to lose weight have to do with giving it up. And no matter how that program is wrapped up, no matter how how much is disguised as a lifestyle, the bottom line is that for most of us, if we are going to lose the weight, if we are indeed going to keep it off, then that means figuring out how to do it without giving up good food so that we can do it forever and keep the weight off. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So go ahead, jam out to the show tunes, and then come back with your pen and paper because we're going to get all into exactly how you get this done. Welcome to The Fierce Life, presented by Conceda Thomas. This podcast is designed to give you the food and fitness strategies, tools, and inspiration that you need to create sustainable results without making the process a second job. You will save the mental and emotional energy that's normally drained by this process and instead use that energy to live your most fierce life. Hello, hello, fierce friend. Welcome back to The Fierce Life with Conceda Thomas. Today's episode is episode 23, and we're talking about exactly how to lose weight without giving up good food. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good to me too. Listen, so many of the women I meet who are on a weight loss journey, who I get to talk to -to face-to-face and sometimes virtually through the computer, will tell me Things like, I have the exercise on lock, but where I struggle is my food. They tell me things like, I really want to lose weight, but I just don't know if I can do it because I really like to eat. Or I really want to lose weight, but listen, I just need to be able to eat. And I don't know how to do that and still get results. And so we stay stuck in limbo. And I even shared with you on episode one, which I'll link to in the show notes, Um, my story and the fact that part of the reason why I struggled with my weight, even when weight wasn't a problem during my skinny but struggling stage, is because I did not completely buy into the narrative that was being fed to me by the mainstream fitness and weight loss industry. I didn't completely, I wasn't completely sold on nothing tastes as good as looking good feels. Quite frankly, I could think of quite a few things that tasted really, really good, like good enough to remain in that struggle with my weight. So it wasn't until I personally got really real with myself, and I want this for you too, that I got really real with myself about the fact that I had no real desire other than fitting my jeans, right? I had no real desire to get to a place where I didn't want sweets. I had no real desire to get to a place where my peach cobbler and banana pudding and sweet potato pie, which are family favorites, by the way, where that no longer sounded appealing to me, where I just wasn't interested. I had I, That was not really on my goal list. And a lot of what was being fed to me and a lot of what's being fed to you by the diet industry, by the weight loss industry, by the fitness industry is that... When we get serious enough, when we want it badly enough, 
then it, it won't matter. It won't matter. This new lifestyle of carrots and quinoa and whatever else will be enough for us because after all, we're going to look great. And isn't that enough? And honestly, let's just be real. For me, it wasn't enough. And for a lot of my clients, it's not enough, which is why we're talking about this today, okay? So the first thing that I want you to know is at no point in today's show am I going to try and convince you that you just need to dig deep and just realize how happy you're going to be when you're skinny and that that's enough. No, it's not. That is, that's utter bull crap <laughs> that we've been fed. And so I'm not going to go there with you, okay? So I'm going to give you real, real steps to, to get this done, to achieve what I have achieved and what I'm currently helping plenty of my clients achieve and so many of my other clients have already achieved. You're about to join that club. So the first thing that you want to do is what I call, it's like reverse meal planning, reverse menu planning, reverse food selection, rather than starting with a list of the, the greatest fat burning foods or the superfoods of the year, right? Notice how there's always a list, right? Every year there's a list. Rather than starting there and trying to figure out, okay, which of these things can I actually stomach and let me try and build some type of meal plan around that? No, we're going to start with what you like, what you already like. Now, you may be thinking, girl, if what I liked would get me the results that I wanted, I would already have them. So this makes no sense to me. Listen, if, if that little red flag is coming up for you, just stick with me. I promise you that this is going to make sense. You have a point, but that's not the end. You've got to start with what you like because let's just be honest, we're already eating what we like. The things that we're eating, we're eating them for a reason. And usually a big part of that reason is we like them. So start there. Like avoid the temptation to just do this complete overhaul for the sake of fitness, for the sake of weight loss, because I don't know about you, but for me, every single time I did that, it did not last. It may have lasted for a while, but it didn't last long term. So start with what you already like and then add what you need. So I feel like I should pause there and give you some real life examples of what I mean by this, um, real life examples, some from my life, some from my clients, because I think it will really, really drive the point home. Most of us are just a few tweaks away from healthy eating, where we already are. And I know you may be thinking, girl, you do not know my menu, but trust me, I don't think there's anything that you could send in to me that would surprise me. I'm going to say that again. Most of us are just a few tweaks away from healthy eating. So here's, here's how that looks, right? So if your breakfast, say you, you like, <laughs> like I like, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen this, say you like traditional breakfast, right? So you like the bacon, you like the eggs, you like the, um, the pancakes, you like the waffles, whatever it is, all of it, the traditional breakfast, right? Plenty of fat, plenty of meat, plenty of grease, plenty of carbs, plenty of sugar, that is what you like. Well, rather than trying to convince yourself that a green smoothie with some protein at it is, is good to you, because in most cases, if, if that's where we're starting with the breakfast I've just described, then a green smoothie with protein, and it does not sound good at all, it may later, but right now, probably not, then let's just tweak what you're already eating. So what that may look like 
and what that has looked like for me is changing the type of bacon that I eat. So I get a, a bacon that's it's all natural. It doesn't have the chemicals. It doesn't have the fillers. It has less fat. It has more protein. And the thing that really matters is it tastes good, right? So I do that instead of the bacon that I used to eat. If, I'm, if I want to eat, add cheese to my eggs, then maybe I'm using egg whites instead of full eggs in order to just balance out that fat content because I'm also having pancakes. And now maybe instead of having, you know, a whole stack, I have one or two. And if you're asking me how that even works, it's called the PVE method. It's an order of eating food, right? So that it makes it easier to stop when you're full rather than just gorge yourself. And I'll do a whole nother episode on that because I think that probably needs to be covered. Um, And you tweak the order in which you're eating it. And now all of a sudden, it's a breakfast that's recognizable to you. It's something that you already like. It's something that still tastes good. And you just made a one or two tweaks, right? A tweak in the brand of bacon, a tweak in how the eggs are prepared if you wanted to add cheese, a tweak in when you eat the pancakes so that it's easier to actually stop before you're full. And all of a sudden, a breakfast that's recognizable to you can now give you results, right? So you start with what you like and you add what you need. In that case, I added a different type of bacon. Another thing that's really, really big for some of my clients is maybe they don't like the traditional breakfast like that. Maybe they are an on-the-go type of breakfast eater, and they do one of the special diet cereals. You know, it's only a couple hundred calories, if that, and, you know, it's not a lot of calories, but it's cereal and milk, and maybe they put fruit in it, and it sounds good, right? But the problem is you're super hungry by the time you get to work and you munch on everything else when you get there. But maybe you like cereal for breakfast in the morning and that's familiar to you and that's something that you already like. So a tweak in that instance will be creating something that we call protein milk. Amongst my coaching club clients, they know what that is. So it's just taking your milk, it's adding a scoop of protein powder, just protein, mixing it up before you ever get the cereal out and then pouring that over your cereal. So now all of a sudden that meal has some protein in it. It has some staying power, adding some fruit to the cereal. All of a sudden now you have a live food in there. You've got a fruit or a vegetable. You've got some protein. You've got a moderate amount of starch. And now all of a sudden that breakfast is actually more helpful for you hitting your goals than the previous one. Because when you get to work, you're not ravenous. You're not at the vending machine within an hour of arriving at work. So it's possible, fierce friend, start with what you like and add what you need. That's the first, first step to being able to lose weight without giving up good food. The second step, you guys, is being open to discovering other good food. Listen, my mom used to always tell me, you can make a world out of, (laughs) whenever she would say something, and I would say, oh, well, I didn't know that. You know, of course, in my preteen arrogance, sounding completely flabbergasted that there was something I didn't know, she would always tell me, you know, you can make a world out of what you don't know. You can make a whole nother world out of what you don't know. So just because we don't already know that there's some good food out there that we would actually like. We don't know it. We haven't experienced it yet. It doesn't mean that all of the good food is only what we've already experienced. So be open to discovering other good food. And here's, and here's the caveat, right? Some of that good food, some of the food that you will actually enjoy 
is on the healthier side. Some of that is beneficial. You may actually be surprised that there is, maybe you like asparagus and you never realize it. Maybe, I promise you, if you have my Mediterranean cauliflower, you may discover that you like cauliflower and you never knew that before. Maybe you didn't have it prepared before in a way that you liked, or maybe you've never tried it. So get experimental. Be open to discovering other good foods. So it doesn't mean you have to throw out what you already like, but just because something is figure-friendly or just because something is healthy, like don't be closed to it. There may be other good foods that you like, foods that taste good to you, but that are also beneficial for you and that will more easily help push you toward your goal. The third one is pay attention to what food is good to you, right? And I often share, I don't know if I've shared on the podcast, but I often share with my clients about how I used to live, 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 live on artificial sweeteners, guys, live on them. I don't know, like four Splendas in my coffee in the morning, probably another two to three in my oatmeal. If I was making salad and I was trying to cut sugar, guys, this gets crazy. I would literally make my own honey mustard dressing with mustard and dun -dun -dun, Splenda, more Splenda, right? I say all this, oh, not to mention the tons of Diet Coke that I would drink throughout the day, right? And the point is that I was very attached to artificial sweeteners because I had a huge, huge problem with sweets. And I knew that I couldn't eat as much sugar as I wanted to and still stay in shape. Um, but I, I was determined to have that sweet taste. So I was eating a lot of Splenda at the time, but artificial sweetener, it doesn't matter what kind, right? And if you had told me you have to give up artificial sweetener, I probably would have fought you. However, what I did get an opportunity to do was to pay attention to what food is good to me. And what I realized um, back in my competition days, and I didn't do anything about it for a long time, but what I realized is when I would get closer to competition time, my coach would make me at least a week out, maybe longer, I don't remember for sure, he would make me cut out all artificial sweeteners, right? It was like, oh my gosh, system shock. But in those weeks or week, I don't remember, that he would have me cut out artificial sweetener, a few things would happen. First of all, no matter how lean I got, like my lower abdomen or like I would have like a, a pooch or a pouch down there, no matter how lean I got. Well, the funny thing is whenever he would have me cut out the artificial sweeteners, that would flatten out. Another thing that would happen is, and this is, <laughs> I had way less gas. I was way more pleasant to be around in that, in that respect. And I had fewer cravings for sweets, which is crazy because I should have had really, really bad cravings for sweets considering how I was exercising and how I was eating that close to a show, but I would have fewer cravings for sweets. So I took notice of this at some point during my competitive career. I didn't really do anything about it so much later, but it did put it on my radar that despite the fact that I really enjoyed using the artificial sweeteners, that artificial sweeteners, I liked them, but they did not like me back, okay? So it was like that boy in third grade that you thought he was really, really cute, but he just wasn't feeling you. That's what artificial sweeteners were to me. And that may be what some of the foods that we consider good when we first start on this journey, that may be those foods. Maybe it's fried foods. Maybe it's soda. I know I have a one-on-one -on -one client who has just discovered that, you know what? 
she doesn't love Soda as much as she thought she did because she realized that Soda did not love her. And she, she got there from just some challenges and experiments that we did with her, right? But pay attention to what food is good to you. You don't have to just go in blindly slashing all sugar, blindly slashing all fried foods, but just get curious and pay attention to what food makes you feel good. Because the ultimate goal isn't just losing weight, right? We don't just want to lose weight and feel miserable. There's a ton of ways to do that. We want to lose weight and feel good. So some of the foods that we initially consider good food may not like us back, and we may be more willing to reduce how often we're having it or to eliminate it altogether when we start to pay attention to whether or not it's good for us. And that leads me to the the final, final point here, which is be willing to redefine good foods. And I know this probably sounds impossible or it sounds, it sounds probably like a long shot if you're on, at the beginning of your journey. And if someone had said this to me at the beginning of my journey, I would have listened, but I don't know that I would have believed them. It's something you just have to get to and experience to completely believe, but you will remember when you get there hey, she said that might happen. And now I'm at that place. And when you, when you get there, send me an email. I'd love to hear about it. But the longer you eat foods that taste good to you and that actually are good to you, like they treat you well, um, the more you're willing to pay attention to which foods don't make you feel good and maybe you eliminate them. It may not be forever. You may go back to that and then realize it wasn't as good as you thought initially. So be willing to redefine good food. Try not to be so attached to the idea of something. Have the full experience. Pay attention to how food really tastes versus the emotional story that we've told ourselves about how it tastes. One prime example of that for me is soda. Um, I grew up loving soda. We went out to eat after church and I had soda. When I went to college, I didn't drink coffee, but I drank soda. And at some point during my journey, I gradually kind of got rid of the soda, eventually got rid of it altogether, got rid of the diet soda eventually as well. And I don't remember how long ago it was, but I just really wanted something fizzy and I decided to get a diet soda. Oh my goodness. Listen, it tasted like poison to me. I literally spit it out. I literally couldn't finish it. And a diet soda, a diet Coke was something that I was completely unwilling to give up at a part of my journey. It was one of my non-negotiable indulgences. It was something that I would consider good food for me, right? But after experiencing other things that were good, that tasted good, after having a break from it and going back to it, it was no longer good. And I now when I want something fizzy, I'm able to go for a LaCroix or some other type of sparkling water without feeling like I'm punishing myself or without feeling like I have to try not to get a Diet Coke. Because at this point, with that particular item, I've redefined what good food is. It's not even on my radar. I'm no longer attached to it because I got some time apart from it. I was able to taste it again and realize that, you know what? It was something I thought was good. I was in love with the idea of it, but it doesn't taste good anymore. So just be willing to have that entire process. The moral of the story here with this show is you don't have to go in with the red marker and slash out everything you like. As a matter of fact, you should start with what you like. But then on that journey, pay attention. Pay attention to how food makes you feel. 
pay attention to how it really tastes to you as opposed to maybe what we've decided or the emotional attachment that we've, that we've created with that food and then be willing to let go if it no longer is good to you. But if it is still good to you, that's okay. Just learn how to tweak so that it's also good for you. So that is the moral of the story today. I think I have thoroughly covered this topic. And your fierce follow-up for today's show, should you choose to accept, is to start with step one. I want you to write down what are the foods that you enjoy? What do you consider good food? What foods do you eat on a daily or weekly basis that you just love to eat? And put a star by the ones that you feel like you'd have to give up if you wanted to lose weight, right? Start there. Then I want you to get a copy of my figure-friendly meal checklist. This will help. So figure-friendly meal checklist. And the way you do that is you go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash meal checklist. And I will definitely link to that in the show notes. And I want you to, that, that checklist will help you to inspect or to audit your meal to be able to see what your meal already has, maybe what it's missing in order to be categorized as a meal that's beneficial for you. And I want you to just write down those tweaks. What tweaks can you make to the foods that you already like, the meals that you already like, to your good food that you don't want to give up so that you can start to move in the direction of getting results without giving up your good food? All right, so that's your fierce follow-up for this episode. And then I know that this can be scary. It can be emotional at times. Um, We can need support to kind of stay on the path and to stick to it. And you don't have to take this walk alone. That is why we have my free support group, Conceda's Fierce Friends. And you can become a fierce friend by going to ConcedaThomas.com slash become a fierce friend. You enter your name and email address and you get access to that wonderful community of women who are also determined to lose the weight and keep it off the same way in a way that doesn't feel like a second job. Also, if you want to listen to this episode again, or if you want to reference some of the things that I talked about, I have those links over at the show notes. You also have the entire show with time markers so that if there were certain points you wanted to listen to again, you can do that. You go to conceitathomas.com slash ep23. That's conceitathomas.com slash ep23. Also, if this episode was helpful for you, if it gave you some encouragement, if it let you know that you absolutely can do this and you want to pass that encouragement alone, then share this episode with a girlfriend, post it on social, text it to her, do whatever you have to do, but definitely share this with someone else. And then finally, on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when the next episode airs. And if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and a review, I'd really, really appreciate if you did that as well. That helps other people find the show. It helps me to get this message to other women just like you who need to hear it as well. So that's all I have for this time, Fierce Friend. Until next time, stay fierce. You're ready to master your motivation, keep your head in the game, and get the results that you deserve. And I have just the thing to help you boost your mood and wrap yourself in motivation every single day. Visit the Conceda Thomas Apparel Shop today to get your motivational tanks, tees, and mugs. Be sure to use the promo code FIERCEFRIEND for a discount on your first order of $25 or more. You can visit the shop at ConcedaThomas.com slash apparel. Are you sick and tired of starting over when it comes to your healthy eating? 
Have all your failed attempts got you wondering why you can't seem to stick to anything long enough to get results and definitely not to keep results? Listen, it's not you. It's the diet. Giving up your favorite dishes just to lose weight doesn't last. And force feeding yourself food that isn't even culturally familiar just because some guru said it would help you get results is a setup for failure. When you are ready to get real results eating the foods that you already love, it's time to schedule your eating audit. Let me help you discover the tiny tweaks you need to make to get results from the foods you already eat every day. No more diets, no more falling off the wagon, just real lasting results with food you're actually going to be happy to eat after you reach your goal. Schedule your eating audit today at ConceitaThomas.com slash audit. Hurry up, our introductory promo rate won't last forever, so schedule your audit now. If you've been wishing for fitness wear that was so comfortable that you would never want to take it off, yet fashionable enough to actually wear out for a night on the town, then you've got to check out my friends and sponsor Blessed Bodywear. Guys, they've got the goods. Once you try their squat pants, no other pants will do. I promise you, they're my absolute favorite. Visit blessedbodywear.com today and use promo code NOFUSS, N-O-F-U-S-S, to save on your order. 